0: Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafaa was salatu was salam ala ibadihi alladhina istafa amma ba'du fa a'udhu billahi minash shaitani rrajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim wama khalaqtul jinna wal insa illa liya'budun sadaqallahu al'azim most respected students of deen Mothers and sisters. There is an incident mentioned in the hadith that once Hazrat Abu Dardar he was walking and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was also walking at the same time but Hazrat Abu Dardar was walking a little ahead of him. Both were going in Whichever direction, he was going for his work, he was going for his work, but they happened to be walking together, as it often happens, that we end up walking alongside somebody, but they're going for their work, we're going for our work, or maybe they were going to the same place. Hazrat Abu Dardar was walking a few, probably steps ahead, one-two steps ahead. And Rasulullah SAW saw this. He observed the both of them going, and he observed Hazrat Abu Dardar He is a little ahead and Abu Bakr is one or two steps behind him. So when Nabi saw this, he immediately addressed Abu Darda and he said to him that, Are you walking in front of such a person? who is better than you in dunya also and in the hereafter as well. He has a higher position and higher status than you. Now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the person who is aware of this. Allah Ta'ala has informed him. So he is now explaining that he is a person who has a greater position and greater status than you in dunya also, even in akhirat. In dunya, we also can accord some position and status to somebody that apparently this person is of a higher rank because of his knowledge, because of his apparent piety, because of his age, because of... In the akhirat, we have no idea among us who is going to be ahead, who is going to be behind. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he had been given the knowledge of whose position between the two of them is going to be greater in the hereafter. So he's saying this. And he then even further said that there is no person... On the earth upon whom the sun has shone its rays, who is greater, after the Ambiyali Ali salatul salam, who is greater than Abu Bakr, radiyallahu anhu. So since he has such a rank, that after the Anbi Ali salam, he is the greatest human being that has walked the earth. So being the greatest human being after the Anbiya Salam, he deserves that respect that you don't even walk ahead of him. You walk, you walk behind him. Meaning one or two steps away behind so that he is ahead and you are not in front of him. What is the lesson that is being taught here is very clear. The lesson is that of Adab. And who is teaching this lesson? Rasulullah sallallahu He is teaching this lesson So this is something which Cannot be overemphasized. That what is the importance of adab The importance of respect in the life Of every Muslim Every believer And especially a person who is trying to acquire The knowledge of deen Then this Requirement of adab is even more Greater for such a person And whoever has succeeded in dunya in anything, then one of the ingredients that was certainly there was adab. Other things also played their part, but it it did not happen that a person succeeded without adab. The person may have had other things in place, but didn't have adab, success didn't come. Success came when there was also adab together with other factors. So this is how important this adab is. And this is the crux of it, as the poet says, Ishki kulluha adabu adibu anfusakum ashabu." That the pathways to Allah Taala, the ways of getting to Allah Taala, are all the ways of adab. In every line, adab. So therefore, inculcate adab within yourself. Adibu anfusakum inculcate this adab, this respect unfortunately this respect is getting lost and it is being calculatedly removed from the lives of Muslims, of the lives of people in general because a community, a nation that does not have respect does not have adab, does not have a culture then they lose track, they lose direction Because there is no other, then there is no direction also. And when they are now without direction, what becomes direction then? Then the person's fulfillment of his pleasures and pleasures becomes his direction in life. As long as this happens, everything else is of no concern to me. As long as I can satisfy my desires, my pleasures, fulfill my what I feel I want to do, then that is it. Then my brothers and sisters also. Of n- it's of no co- uh, consequence if they somebody is li- uh, living, somebody is dying. Doesn't matter. If my parents are in pain, they are. They need my help, or whatever the case is. That doesn't matter to me. Also, as long as my leisures and pleasures are being fulfilled. Why? Because that becomes the direction of a person. That becomes the qibla when Adab goes. This becomes one of the consequences. Outwardly it seems like where is the link between these two? But this is the reality. This is the consequence that has over and over again this becomes a situation. Because a person has no other. So when there is no other person is unconcerned about who, what, where, doesn't matter to him. The only thing now is what I want to do. Because he has no elder in his mind and heart. Nobody is a senior to him. So he doesn't bother about anybody. So his teachers, his ma'limas, or stars, or somebody's ma'limas, or the uncles, or the elders in the family, or even then the parents, it starts off from one end, and then it keeps getting more closer, until even the respect for parents is gone, and now a person is regarding himself, I am free, I can do what I want. Nobody should tell me what I should be doing. It's my life. And I will do what I want to do. Now, all these kind of statements are the statements of somebody can only be statements of somebody who has lost adab. Then how I speak to anybody doesn't matter. There is no adab. It doesn't matter. And uh, then a person will sometimes be proud also. You saw how I said it straight. Said it on his face. Who I said it to? That is my uncle I am speaking to. I am just saying it on my... From the uncle then it comes to the father also comes to the mother also. I just gave it straight. Is that the way Deen has taught us? How to conduct ourselves? I just give it straight. That straight is very crooked. That giving it straight is very, very crooked. But when Adab goes, then the crooked things look straight. Because Adab goes, Adab and Haya, these two things go hand in hand we have discussed this on previous occasions also, that these two things go hand in hand. Person loses adab, haya has gone as well. It cannot be that the person has got a lot of shame in him and will still have respect, uh, and will lose his respect. Person who has got shame, has got haya, that person will be respectful also. The person has lost haya, the respect will be lost. So the loss of respect will be indicating that there is a loss of haya. There is a loss of shame. And that is why the example that we have mentioned previously, that when a person sometimes does something disrespectful, so what the person did was something that was lacking respect, but he will be reprimanded by his elder, by his senior, by his teacher, whoever, that don't you have any shame? How could you speak like that? Now he spoke in a disrespectful manner. He is being reprimanded that don't you have any shame? Because that lack of respect can only be as a result of a lack of shame. So both things go hand in hand. One thing decreases, the other will decrease. This one grows, the other one will grow. Haya and respect go hand in hand. So now when a person has lost respect, it means that haya has gone with it also. So now a shameless person doesn't bother about what's going on. إِذَا al Ma When haya has been lost then do what you want. Then you can't be bothered. This is my teacher, this is my moallima, this is my elder brother, or it's my elder sister, or this is my aunt, this is some senior lady in the community, or this is some senior relative, adult, some aged person, this is my grandmother, and we can't be bothered about anybody, then it even comes, we can't be bothered, these are my parents. They don't have any right to tell me what they... I I will do what I want to do. Why must they tell me? So all this is as a result of lack of adab. Whereas we can understand from this one incident alone that to what extent adab is being emphasized. There are those who their adab grows to such a point... And first it starts off with adab for those who are in front of us, who we can see, our elders, our seniors. I read one thing just last week and it was quite a surprising thing in the sense that it's acknowledged even in western circles. That was a surprise, that it's acknowledged there. Not that it is practiced, but it's acknowledged there. In western circles, a western writer and he's writing. That there was a time not too long ago, maybe 35, 40 years ago, 50 years ago at the most, maybe this is talking about on a general scale. Lesser time than that, it would still be happening, but not as commonly. But 50, 55, 60 years ago, it was the norm. What was the norm? Now, this person is writing, he's not a Muslim, and he's talking about his society. He's talking about his community, meaning the general people out there. He's making a comparison. He's making a comparison of that time and presently what's the position. And obviously in Western society. But to the extent that we are adopting the Western way of life, we are also going down the same route. So now he's saying that there was a time, some decades back, that if a father walked into the room of the child, Teenage child, not just a small baby or something obviously. Now the child has grown, the young person, the teenage, teenager, so 13 years old, 14 years old, 15, 12, whatever, or more. And if the father walked in suddenly, then out of respect, now, this is now the sons or daughters' own room, and if the father walked in, they will rise out of respect now he's talking about Western society, not people who are in a Muslim community. He's talking about his community, devoid of iman. but respect was a natural thing, so it was even more in the mumin and believers if if it was this level in those who didn't have iman, then those who had iman, what can we expect? What level that was on so this is the way to actually. Ascertain to judge, to be able to try and understand what level of adab there was. That if the father walked into the room, then that son, that daughter would rise out of respect. In other words, if they are lying down or something, they will sit up. They might even stand up, out of respect for the father. And now what will happen? If the father has to step into his son's room, there is a good chance, very good chance, that the comment that he would hear is, that you are invading my privacy. That son might tell him and even the daughter may say to him or say to her mother that you are invading my privacy. You don't have any right to enter my room. Now what a world of difference. Two worlds apart. But what we are actually getting to is that this was the norm in a society, in a community that was even devoid of Iman. 45, 50, 60 years ago. How much more respect there must have been among the Muslims of that time. And now, there is a whole another picture that you invading my privacy. So, there is a calculated effort to demolish this respect. But what we were saying is, the point that I was getting at is, that some people's respect grows to such a point. This was that olden days' respect. But, the special people their respect grows to such a point. So it starts off, we were saying actually, what we digress from is, that the respect starts off first for those who we can see around us. And when we start truly and sincerely respecting them, then that respect grows in the heart to a point where the person's presence and the person's absence both doesn't make any difference. The respect is for the person in both conditions. In his presence also, in his absence also, because this respect is sincere. It is genuine. So the parents are respected in their presence also, they are respected in their absence also. The ustad, the mu'allima, in their presence, in their absence. Outwardly they are respected also, in the heart they are respected as well. It's not that the person outwardly is making a pretense and a show of respect, and inside the heart there's another story. Inside the heart there's all kinds of ill. Thoughts and ill feelings and Harboring Suspicions and whatever else No There is this conformity The outer self There is respect Within us there is respect as well So first it starts off for those who we can see around us But then it grows to this point point. One woman She had some uh, Disease like Leprosy or something And as a result there would be an odor that would emanate because leprosy obviously the body actually starts rotting to a point now it's beyond a person's control Allah Ta'ala's hukam so any case this woman used to come for tawaf and people used to be uh, feeling very uncomfortable they would find this very difficult that this lady is coming to make tawaf and now this odor also is coming and is causing taklif to others so, in any case, they complained about this to Hazrat Umar. Radiallahu Hazrat Umar radiallahu an, then forbade her. Oh, she used to come. So, has Umar an, forbade her that look, Allah ta'ala knows your intention and you'll get your reward for your intention. You remain at home and your coming is now causing taklief to others. So Allah ta'ala will reward you even though you're at home because you, ha- you have this issue, this problem. So she obeyed because this is a, an instruction coming from Hazat Umar And therefore he is not just an ordinary person he is Amirul Mu'mineen he should be obeyed. So she obeyed it. Some time passed and then Hazrat Umar who passed away. Now when he passed away now he had given this instruction so when he passed away so some people came to this lady and they said to her That Hazrat Umar had instructed you not to go to the Haram Sharif. But now he is no more. He is not around. So you don't worry about that now. Like we get this kind of thing happening all the time. That somebody is doing the right thing. They are following what the instructions are to them. They are doing what they are supposed to be doing which is the correct thing to do. And then you will get somebody coming to give negative advice. All the time we have this kind of thing will happen. That there will be people who will give negative advice. Somebody is trying to be helpful. Somebody else will give negative advice. That now you can't carry on all the time doing helping the person. Uh, They must now do their own things also. Somebody is trying to be good in terms of mending relationships. You'll get somebody else coming to give negative advice. That you didn't learn the lesson last time this person was so rude to you was so uh, indifferent to you and now you still want to get back to the same point you still want to do the same you want to go back and mend relationships with that person now this person is thinking in his mind in his heart he gave so much of thought to it that all the rewards for mending family relations for mending ties and all the rewards that Allah blesses a person with barkat in his rizq barkat in his life and then all the harms of breaking ties person breaks up relationship with somebody and the rahmat of Allah is withheld, the maghfirat of Allah is withheld, all these things so he decided no I need to make up now and then you will get somebody uh, giving negative advice that no you shouldn't make up because that person deserves it and uh, you should do this and do that all these kinds of negative advice unfortunately in different things You'll get somebody or the other giving this kind of story. So here also somebody came to this lady and they are advising her that now you don't have to worry. I Umar is not around anymore. So he's gone. So since he's gone, you can now come to the Haram Sharif. So her reply, her response she said, Umar is not such a person that you obey him in his presence and disobey him in his absence that he gave an instruction so while he's around you obey it and when he's gone that you disobey it no he's not such a person he's a person that needs to be respected even after he's gone he's given an instruction which is valid which is correct so he must be obeyed in that too now this was the adab the respect for the seniority for the person for his maqam and position and status and that he was he had given a valid command So now he is not around to I still have to obey it now This was out of respect for the personality This was out of respect For the personality So when you will Have this sincere respect Then it will grow to the point Where then this adab for Allah Ta'ala will come This adab for Allah Ta'ala will also come Hazrat Ma'am, Masihullah Khan Sahab rahmatullah one of the great Buzrugs of the recent past, it was his situation, now he is not a woman, he is a man, and the aspect of covering the head for a man is far more relaxed. A woman's hair, this she has to cover from all non-mahrams a man's hair is not compulsory to cover from non-mahrams they, obviously the gaze must be lowered but he doesn't have to cover all his hair and walk out he has to have his topi on but in any case when he would sleep also he would always have his topi on now this is not a masla. this is not something that is a maslah that a man is going to sleep he must have his topi on his head but he used to do this so one day somebody who was very close, they asked him, "But why you always make sure you take this, you know, this difficulty to make sure that your topi is always on your head? Now you're going to sleep now. So while you're going to sleep, that's not the issue now." So he replied and said that I feel it a kind of disrespect for Allah As I said, this is not a maslah. This is not a masla. This is because his adab had grown so much that he became overwhelmed in this adab now this is something which is a very high level it's not for everybody to be able to understand also sometimes but a lesson we're taking that if some people can go to such a high level of adab can't we start progressing to some extent in our level he says that out of respect for Allah Ta'ala, I feel shy to have my head uncovered because now if an, uh, some visitor comes, also any visitor, person is going to put his topi on, and if it's a senior person, some alim, some, so he's going to make sure he's even more properly he is covered up. So it starts off with respect from those for those around us, but when it's done sincerely, then it grows to a point where the true and deep respect for Allah Ta'ala comes in the heart, and now when that happens to a person this true and deep respect for Allah Ta'ala comes in the heart, now to disobey Allah Ta'ala becomes extremely difficult. Like it's not possible or very, very, very difficult for a person to commit some sin in front of his ustad, in front of his sheikh, in front of somebody's muallima, very difficult. When this adab for Allah Ta'ala grows, then a person can be alone. But this adab for Allah Ta'ala will be of such a caliber and such a degree, such a position, that a person will not be able to do the wrong thing. How can I? Allah is watching. Allah Ta'ala is with me. Allah Ta'ala is aware. Allah Ta'ala knows what I am doing. And Allah Ta'ala deserves the greatest respect. If there is respect for our parents, there is respect for our muallimas, there is respect for our seniors and elders, then shouldn't there be respect for Allah Ta'ala? And shouldn't they be the greatest respect for Allah Ta'ala? And the greatest respect will demand that now we conduct ourselves with respect. And we do that which is correct to do. And we refrain from that which is meant to be refrained from. But all this comes down again to the point of adab. That to the extent that we have adab, to that extent we find that we will be able to do the right thing, we will be able to be of service to others, we will be able to refrain from doing what is wrong, from giving others taklif, and in this way we will become a means of good for others, become a means of happiness for them, and we ourselves will enjoy the happiness. We ourselves will enjoy what is the good, the benefits of all that adab. Because adab makes a person. when a person is made, then he truly enjoys life. Adab makes him what he is. Adab he say, adab he say insan insan hai, adab he nahi to hayawan hai. One port in Urdu says, Adab he say insan insan hai, adab he nahi hai to hayawan hai. It is adab that makes a person insan. And he doesn't have adab, then he's hayawan. Then you'll see animal behavior. Because animals have no consideration. Animals. They have no consideration. They don't have to worry about who's who. After a point in time, that animal doesn't even know its parents also. Initially it knows nobody else. It knows the parents. knows the mother. The mother feeds that young. Time comes, you on your way and that person that way. They know nobody knows each other. So let alone extended family members and consideration for other relatives and all that, all that only adab can make that happen in a person. Adab demands that a person considers others that this is my uncle, this is my aunt, so I got to respect them. This is my elder brother, so I got to respect him also. This is my uh, ustad, this is my muallima, this is a senior person in the community. And then these are my parents. So how much more adab is required now? So all this comes... When a person is considerate of all this, it only comes because there is adab. So now the person is concerned who is who. And I got to treat people according to their, their rank, their position. I got to talk to them in the correct way. They are my elders, they are my seniors. And even if they err, they make mistakes. They can err, they can make mistakes. They are also insan, But then I will deal with them with adab. I have no right to deal with them with disrespect. Whatever their issue is, is then with Allah Ta'ala. But my issue with them will be one of adab. So this will happen when, when this reality of adab is in our hearts. Otherwise, as this poet says, adab hi nahi hai to hayawan hai. If there is no adab, then it's hayawan. Then it is animal behavior. So the real Adornment as we have spoken on, on many many occasions That real adornment is the adornment of Sifat Of qualities Of akhlaaq And in particular This aspect of adab Laysal jamal bi aswabin tu zayyinuna Balil jamalu jamalul ilmi wal adabi This poet says That laysal jamal bi aswabin tu zayyinuna That the beauty of a person is not from the clothes that they are wearing Designer clothes and uh, designer labels are being uh, advertised. Bold writing all over the place. I am wearing this, so I am somebody. So now that label has to be bold and everybody must know what I am wearing. So this is now, in our mind, giving us some position, some status. And then that designer garments... Are often far away from any higher also. And even the cloak, as we discussed on many occasions, this too is becoming devoid of shame. That the cloak is supposed to be covering the body, it is exposing the shape of the body. That's how it's being made. Tight footing and whatever else. So that cloak is actually not the cloak anymore, it's the dagger. There's this the English saying cloak and dagger. So now this is no more the cloak is becoming the dagger of shaitan. So what we were talking about is that this, this poet is saying that Laysal Jamalubze bi Yinuna that it is not the beauty of clothes that adorns us. Balil Jamalu Jamalul wal adabi, but the real beauty is the beauty of knowledge and respect. Knowledge, that knowledge which brings a person closer to Allah Ta'ala, that knowledge which has been translated into action, that knowledge now which has made a person conscious of Allah Ta'ala, made a person be fulfilling the rights of Allah Ta'ala and the rights of people as well. That knowledge, that knowledge which has now brought respect in a person's life, has brought haya in a person's life. So that person is now truly beautiful. And otherwise, وليس اليتيم الذي قد مات والده بل اليتيم اليتيم العلم والأدب. Then an orphan in reality is not that person whose parent has passed away. Many an orphan of that nature has grown up to be a leader. Imam Bukhari, rahmatullahi was an orphan. What a leader he became! Amirul Mu'mineen fil Hadith. So yes, indeed, literally speaking, the person was an orphan; that his father passed away, he was still a young child. So in that sense, he's an orphan. But in reality, he is not an orphan. In reality, that person is an orphan who is deprived and devoid of adab and knowledge. That person is truly an orphan. That person is somebody to be really uh, feeling sorry for, to sympathize with that person, to make taziyat and tasalli of that person. So the thing we have to acquire is adab and we have to keep reminding ourselves of this and keep revising this lesson and keeping it fresh in our hearts and minds and keep checking we can make mistakes, we are insan we are not angels, we can err but when we err, if there is sincere adab in the heart then it will be very easy to then rectify the mistake we have made a mistake then if there is genuine adab, then the person will now be very, very restless until he sorts the problem out, goes and asks for forgiveness to the muallima, to the parents, to the elders, whoever it may be, that what I did was wrong, I made a mistake, I conducted myself in this manner in your presence, it was not the right thing to do, or not the right thing to say, please forgive me. So anybody can err, we can also err, we are also very weak, but if there is sincere and genuine adab in the heart, then when we do A also, we will part of that adab will be that we will rectify the wrong. We will try to now make up for the wrong. So the thing to learn is adab. And to the extent this adab grows, then this adab first for those as we said around us, then the adab for the beast will truly come. And then the adab for Allah will truly come. Otherwise, we will be getting deprived from everything. So we have to now develop this adab. How we will develop this adab? Read about the lives of those who had adab. How they conducted themselves? How did they handle things? What was their way? Somebody said something to them, somebody did something to them, what was their reaction? How did they conduct themselves? And what level of respect they showed to their ustads, to their muallimahs, to the people in society, to their family, to their elders and seniors. How did they show adab? That will now give us a lesson. And there's all these lives of the Akabir in front of us. There's so many biographies now available in English. We should be taking these and reading them and equating ourselves with the adab of these people, and to be in the company of those who have adab, this will develop adab in our lives as well. And as a result, we will then get that which we have on many many occasions. We have discussed that little saying: ba adab ba nasib, be adab be nasib. The person with respect that person will gain a lot. The person who is deprived of respect, such a person will be deprived. Such a person, the person who is without respect, such a person will be deprived. So The thing to gain is Adab. And to the extent that we will grow in this, to that extent, we will find that other things will also improve. Among the things that this Adab is now decreasing in day by day, the Quran Sharif. Adab for the Quran Sharif. How is the Quran Sharif kept? How is it held? How is it recited? And then, nowadays, the Quran Sharif has come on two phones. One is a masla issue, fatwa issue. That must ask the muftiyan, the kiram, the muftis, what is the fatwa about it? That we are not muftis, so we are not giving any fatwa yet. So it is not a fatwa that I am now discussing. But there is one perspective, one Direction from which we have to look at this is That Person who is reciting the Quran Sharif On the phone all the time Now after that is switched off Whatever it is This device was a means Of reciting Quran Sharif Now technically Whether you say that Some will say that now the Quran is not actually in there It is dots And now when you switched it off It all became those little dots Minute dots And then when the app is put on again Then all these dots come together To now put forward the Picture of the Quran Sharif and so on and so forth All these technical details All in its place But the point is That this device was now Just now like a Quran Sharif Now the Quran Sharif Is switched off on it But now how is the device handle Is gone deep down in the pocket Is just kept anyway sometimes So now the person is just dangling with it and then on that same screen that just now the Qur'an Sharif was, then sometime later, there's some other pictures on that screen. Now what is happening in the process? That the azmat of the Qur'an Sharif is now decreasing. That respect, that honor. Because now, when I handle this device anyhow, deep down in the subconscious mind, that even the Qur'an went away in my pocket. Even the Qur'an went away In my pocket. And the Qur'an is now, though now technically that this is now not in Qur'an format, and it's now in dots, and it's this and that and the other, all that in its place. But deep down in the subconscious, the Qur'an also is now gone in my pocket. And over time, this is now affecting even how the actual copy of the Qur'an Sharif, the printed copy of the Qur'an Sharif is being handled. Because the subconscious is now just taking it that the Quran can be handled anyhow now. And then the screen, which was just now displaying the Quran Sharif, then is displaying something else. So now all this is eroding the azmat of the Quran Sharif. And it is decreasing this great respect that used to be in the hearts. And as a result, the Quran Sharif is now not being handled the way it should be, by and large. So, we have to become conscious of all these things. And we have to become even more alert that everything that we do is done with adab. It is done with utmost respect. And we keep growing in this respect and adab. And when we make mistakes, then this adab must drive us to now rectify the mistakes. And in this manner, when we will keep developing this adab, increasing this adab, and growing in our adab for Allah Ta'ala, then we will find that then we will get this, what we are desiring, the good of dunya also, but the main thing is then we will open the doors of akhirat for ourselves, the doors of the everlasting na'mas of akhirat. And Allah Ta'ala, when somebody respects his kalam and respects Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala opens the doors of respect for them in dunya also, and the main thing is the respect of the akhirat. So may Allah give us the tawfiq of becoming very, very conscious of this adab, respecting everybody and everything. And adab is not outside. Adab in reality is inside. It displays itself outside. So because a person is sincerely with adab, then now he will act with adab as well. But it can happen that there is no adab inside and a person sometimes just is pretending to be doing something out of respect. But that doesn't last. And a time comes when a person gets caught off guard also. So now it becomes obvious that all that was a pretense. So we have to develop that adab inside the heart. For our parents, for our elders, for our muallimas, for those who have been in any way instrumental to bring deen to us. And all the things related to deen, the Quran Sharif, the madrasa, the disk that we learn, keep our kitabs on, our books and kitabs, the pen that we use to write knowledge with, and then everything else related to deen, to have adab for everything, and this will find will become a means of great good for us in dunya and akhirat may allah tabaarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallaahu 'anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa wa ahlihi rabbana wa la anfusana wa illam taghfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin rabbi ighfir warham واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين